0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Yeah. Yeah. Josh did this. Awesome. So if you need artwork, this guy's, I'm telling you, man, I just said to him, look, I need a cover, and uh, this is more or less what I need. And came back with an idea, and it just set me off. The picture on the front of that book is, um, it's the Namib Desert in Namibia. When I was in the South African Special Forces, that's where we trained, in the desert. And it's like, you know, the Bible says that your life will bloom like a rose in the desert, you know. So it's very profound, and what I've done in that book is I've broken down how I came to encounter God, and how God encountered me, and how I started to understand and learn that I'm a I'm a prophet, and I didn't realize it my whole life, even before I knew the Lord, I always had foreknowledge of things, and I could never understand what it meant. So, and I was, ne- I was not churched, I was unchurched, and my, my father was a heathen, uh, and my mother was a Jew, but she wasn't a serp practicing Jew. So, bottom line is, I never got any spiritual import, to and I lived really basically like a feral child when I was small. When I was born, my father put me out of the house and I lived in my father's servants' quarters for most of my life until I was 15 and I was put in the military by a judge. I can't really tell you why. (laughs) We didn't have a juvenile system back in our country, so we had war. So the minute you got into trouble, you were in the military. And it was great. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. I loved it. It was so wonderful. Shooting and I could drive a tank before I was allowed to drive a car. (laughs) It's crazy, eh? <laughs> so God has got a sense of humor, and I mean, I wasn't looking for the Lord. I didn't know anything, but I didn't know anything about God. And then, and uh, I was 19. I was an alcoholic because the things I did, the missions I went on, so on. You get so tormented, and you know, you speak to military guys today who have PTSD, and you can't understand the torment of the things that they see and the things they go through, and what it does to you internally, in your emotions, in your will, and your spirit. It just breaks you as a human being because you do things that are unnatural. You know, when your country sends you to war, you do things that are unnatural. Yeah. It's not natural for man to kill men. Until Cain killed Abel, then it became natural. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we weren't created like that, really. In the beginning, it's because of the fall that we ended up doing that. But bottom line is, I, um, just to give you a little bit of feedback about I me, mean, also give you the ability to understand my accent because I think I still have an accent. Some people tell me that. Especially when I go through the drive-thru. Like I don't go through the drive-thru. It's like I get the, huh, what? Can I have some fries? We don't sell pies. I wasn't asking for pies, but anyway. So we have a lot of that. My wife and I, we just put our hair out sometimes. You go and stand in Walmart and try and talk to people and they just look at you. And then you tell him you're from Africa. And then they say, you mean America, South America? No, Africa. But, I, but you're not black. <laughs> well, so I said, well, hold on a second. I am. You've got to understand, I'm from Africa. I'm an African-American. I am black. I said, but they left me outside and I faded in the sun. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you've got to be able to laugh at things. But anyway, God, um, in the book, I, I share my experience of how I got saved. And... Um, and then after I got saved, the church I got saved and they actually dismissed me and told me I'm not to come back. Well, there was a reason, but anyway. <laughs> uh, because I had PTSD, I used to sit right in the back corner and I sit in the back corner. It was Assemblies of God Church and you know sometimes the assemblies they, they do loud speaking in tongues and shh, all that sort of stuff. And I was just like, Oh my god, what is this? I sit in the back row and a guy stands behind me, and just screams out in tongues, and I turn around and I POW. A you know, fivefold ministry. So, so they they came to me and said, "We don't we don't want you here. You need to leave." So I thought, "Oh, well, I met Jesus, and now I'm going to leave." So, but it's been a good thing because when I left, I didn't get baptized in that kind of pickle juice. I developed a relationship with God yeah. in my desert experience. Started to hear the voice of the Lord. Started to know Him. Started Understand the things he was saying, started to understand that he loved me. No matter what people thought about me, I still think that. People don't like me, it really doesn't bother me. Because my, my charge in my heart is, he loves me, and that's all I really need. Amen. So, so my, my heart today is to just speak to you a little bit about, you know, we are going through a major crisis in this culture. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. And, um, you know, if you pay attention to the media, which really I don't pay attention to, I from 1994 to 2002, I consulted as a prophet with con- Congress, the Senate, the DOD, the Pentagon, the Joint Chiefs, Justice, of the Supreme Court, the State Department and many other different departments in the U.S. government. And I got to understand something: that when a politician is speaking, you can guarantee he's lying. That's true. They say, how do, you know when he's, how do you know when a politician's lying when he's speaking? <laughs> and I met a lot of things. And I went to, God took me there for the experience because I believe that prophets are called to speak to authority. Like, look at Daniel. Yeah. So I was there for those m- multiple months of years. I was there for the Clinton administration. I was there for the Bush administration. And I've been slightly involved in the past in the Obama administration, but I've not been involved in this one because I really felt God has pulled me out of it completely. And what I find in a culture when God starts doing something, the first thing he does, he exposes what's going on underneath. So all the stuff you see flying around that gets you all upset and gets you mad and emotional and gets you really wild about what's going on, and, you know, Democrats and Republicans and liberals and conservatives and all this garbage is really a bunch of hooey. It is really what is happening is God is getting ready to tear out the wineskin and He's revealing everything that is hidden. And so we get ourselves caught up on that emotion about it. And it really has no value and no meaning. Yeah. It probably only has meaning in Washington. It doesn't have meaning out here. So <clears throat> that's what my thought is to share with you today. But I really want to speak to you about the nature of the redeemed man. Because the day you got saved, something about you Changed. The unfortunate thing is, we don't get schooled in what we've become. We continue to stay in the old model. We continue to function in the old flesh model. And so, I want to speak to you. Can you give me the book of John in your Bibles, in your cell phones, in your iPads, and your thingamajigas? It's Genesis, Exodus, John. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have a sense of humor, people. Come on. (laughs) We're not baptized in pickle We baptize the Holy Spirit. We can, we can laugh. We can have fun. Now, John chapter 9, verse 1. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Isn't, isn't it amazing how people always ascribe to you, well, because you're in the situations because of your sin and the sins of your fathers? Yeah. 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 Isn't that amazing? Well, there has to be somebody responsible for this. And so, well, I'm not responsible. It could be because of my mom and dad, you know? Okay. There we go. And Jesus answered, It was neither that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was that the work of God might be displayed in him. Isn't that a wild statement? Probably some of the things you're going through and experiencing in your life is not because of sin... Or because of your parents' sin, or because of something that's going on, but it's because God wants to reveal and display the works of God through you. Amen. So I got, my daughter called me the other day, I think it was about Tuesday. She said, Dad, uh, a friend of mine's father is uh, in a bad way in hospital, he's in the ICU, he's, that said, there's no brain function, he has o- oxygen starvation, and and his, uh, his heart is up. His heart rhythm up, up. kidney going through kidney failure. And they would like to know if you would just come pray for him. I said, oh, I don't like hospitals. There's a smell when you walk in a hospital. I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah, you know, and I always say to myself, well, that's not really my calling. You know? I was eating a nice meal. I didn't want to get disturbed. I was just, you know, packing down the grub. <laughs> so I said, all right, I'll come up there now, sort of. Reluctantly went up there. But when I saw the guy, in my heart, I thought, dude, this guy's dead. There was no function. I looked at all the monitors. His oxygen saturation was 35. Uh, He's not getting oxygen. So basically, his brain has died. Basically, that's the first thing that happens. And then what happens is they keep them on the machinery. So the heart rate is 127 beats a minute. Blood pressure's down. You can see the heart rate's beating because the kidneys are trying to get rid of what's going on in his body because he's going through renal failure. And I'm, when I see all the signs, I'm thinking, oh God, is it possible for this guy to really live? I mean, I ask those questions too. Yeah. So I took a step of faith. I said, well, let's pray for him. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I said, do you have oil? She said, oh, don't put oil on my husband. He's, he's got eczema. <laughs> I don't think he's got, I think he's dying. I don't think he's worried about the eczema. So <laughs> All right, all right. I'll, I'll, okay, we'll just, we'll just pray for him. So put a hand on his forehead and start to pray. Start to call life back into his body. Start to call life back into his brain. Start to call his, his uh, function of his kidneys and his liver and his lungs and all his organs to start functioning again in Jesus' name. And the doctor walked in. She just stood there. And I started to prophesy him. started to speak the word of the Lord to him. And release the love of God in every single mortal cell of his body. Yeah. And we was left and it was finished and walked away. My daughter called me yesterday. She said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. The man's awake. He's responsive. He's talking. He's seeing. He's making eye contact. And they had already said on the chart that he was probably brain dead. Wow. So what I'm saying to you, the power of God is phenomenal. The works of God need to be manifest through you. Sometimes you go through the hardships and the things you go through so you can learn something about yourself and something about God. Because when you overcome that thing, you suddenly have a greater form of authority in that area. You see, we we haven't been packed in cotton wool waiting for us to fly away, sweet Jesus. We are in a violent, vibrant world, and we're here to make a demonstration of His kingdom. Not a political demonstration, but a spiritual one. So I want to continue reading. And then he says us, we must, notice him, we must work the works of him. He made it an inclusive thing. He didn't say, well, I must work the works. He said, we must. He was speaking to disciples. So he's including them in the works. So the fact is, we are the ones who are going to demonstrate his kingdom. He came to demonstrate to them, but he included them in this, we must do the works. And then he goes on to say, As long as it is... uh, Sorry. works of Who sent me? As long as it is day, night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So he's saying, I'm the light, but while I'm here, you're the light. And then when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to the man's eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which translated means sent. So he went and washed, came back seeing, and therefore... The neighbors and those who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, is this not the one who used to sit and beg? Others were saying, this is he. Still, Others were saying, no, but he's like him. He kept saying, I am no one. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, all the stuff when miracles happen, yeah. all the questions and so on. So here's a funny thing. So in the Eastern culture, like in the Arabic culture and in the Yiddish and Jewish culture, Spitting on the ground in front of somebody is a curse. <laughs> so Jesus did something totally inappropriate for their culture. Spat on the ground in front of the man. Took his spit, put it in the clay. What do you think the concept was that he was doing? What do you think, in your minds understand, what do you think he was doing? Can I give you a, can I give you a clue? Yes. I well, only these guys here. You don't want a clue. So, have you watched CSI lately on TV? Have you ever watched CSI? And then they talk about a thing called DNA, and uh, you know they try and catch a guy. They give him gum, he chews gum, he spits the gum out. They pick it up, they seal it, and they've got DNA in that. And then they find out the guy was at the crime scene because his DNA was there. Well, when Jesus spat in the ground, it was his DNA. It was the DNA of God, the creative DNA of God that He was spit. What is man made from? Dust, clay. Jesus met his DNA with the clay, mixed it together, and rubbed the man's eyes and told him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And I find this parody very phenomenally interesting because what it speaks about, it speaks about the creation of the new man. Because, firstly, the introduction of the clay and the spittle in the eyes. That's the substrate that man is created from. So God wasn't just doing a little miracle. He was doing a recreative, reconstructive, prophetic thing. He was giving the guy the ability to have new sight, giving us the ability to have what I call a higher form of seeing. And then the instruction was to go and wash in the pool. Well, yes, 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 the kingdom, okay? You get saved, and what does the Bible say? Be saved and be baptized. So he was baptized. And what is the name of the pool that he was baptized in? Called sent. So when God saves you, what is is He recreates your eyes to see. Yes. He gives you eyes to see. Yeah. Revelation says he gives you eyes self to see differently to what you see normally. Secondly, what does he does? He's put his DNA inside of you. Today we have the DNA of Christ in us, which is the spirit of God. Yeah. And then through baptism, we die to self. And all things are new. Yes. So basically, even though you're still in the same facility you live in when you were born, you're a new creation. Yeah. You have a new position. Right. You're seated with Him in heavenly places. Right. Your weapons of you all you warfare are mighty and strong to the pulling down of strong. The greatest weapon you have is this. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the funny thing is, I talk to people and say, well, I don't believe in that prophetic stuff. <laughs> I don't believe in being baptized in the Spirit. Well, that's, well simple. Repent and believe. It's very simple. A guy told me, well, you know that, speaking in tongues from the devil. I said, well, I served the devil for 35 years and I never spoke in tongues once. (laughs) See, people come up with this rubbish. You know why? It's because they can't see. They don't see the transformation in themselves. They don't see that they've been transformed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That you carry within. And and look, this is not dependent on your circumstances. This is not dependent on, well, I don't have money to pay my bills. It's got nothing to do with it. This is who you are. You need to come out of what you think and come into who you are. Because when you start walking in who you are, things change. I look at my checkbook sometimes, and my checkbook is in disagreement with my need. And so what I have to do is I have to speak to it because that's all I have. I mean, I can't go and rob a bank. So I put my checkbook on the ground and I stand on it and I command it in Jesus' name to come into alignment with my need. Now, I know that sounds goofy, but I'm a redeemed man. I'm a new creation. I have within me the Spirit of God. I can speak to things. I have to tell you a kind of weird story. (laughs) Can I tell you a weird story? So, you know, sometimes we get these tornadoes down here in Texas, right? And one night down in my house, I live in Ulysses, and so we had this green sky and all this. You know, the stuff goes with tornadoes. You probably know better than I do. And it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I wake up, and I can feel the atmosphere has changed. I'm very sensitive. I can feel the atmosphere. So I'm in my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) what can I say? I'm in my e <laughs> It's like David, you know. So I'm in my e and I walk outside. And man, it is, it is, it is thick, and I can feel it. I can smell, I can see that there's a tornado, and I can feel it's coming down. I just feel you, you. There's so much pressure in the atmosphere. You can feel it, and I look at the sky, and I'm standing in my driveway in my e and I say, in Jesus' name, I command you to withhold yourself and leave this place. Now, I know that sounds like very spiritual. I didn't have my rod and my long hair, the prophet. My neighbor comes out. Dude, what are you doing? I said, I'm just talking to the storm. You're crazy. Go back to bed. Well, what happened is besides the storm, there was hail. And I commanded this to go, the hail, to go to DFW airport. Because they can afford to take the punishment. I can't. <laughs> so the next morning, check the media. DFW airport got hit by the hail. And planes had a lot of damage to it. And he came walking and said, dude, next time you want to do that, go ahead. Stand in your ephod out there and do it. So, so what's, what am I saying to you? Is you if Jesus commanded the storm, And you have the Spirit of God inside of you. What can you do? The only thing is, you don't believe that you're a redeemed creation in Christ. That stops you. Listen, you have the DNA of the Spirit of God. You've been through baptism. You've died to self. You're a new creation. You have within you the mind of Christ. Now, if you don't have that, it's easy. We can fix that. You know, we can cast out the spirit of unbelief. You see, I find I find there's more tragedy taught in the church than truth. I've listened. I was at uh, a meeting a couple of months ago with a pastor from one of the big churches in Dallas, and he was saying to me, "Well, I don't really see the. I've never really seen the Holy Spirit move." So I said, "Here's what you need to have. You need to have your eyes remade to see the wonders of the Lord. This is what he had. This is what he had done. He had his eyes remade." You have the Spirit of God in your eyes. Your ability to see has been remade. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, let me ask you a question. When last have you seen Mary? I mean, he got this blank stare on his face. We're eating barbecue, barbecue sauce in his mouth. He said, uh, what do you mean? What, what Mary? I said, Mary, the mother of Jesus or the Catholic Mary. When last have you? I've never seen her. Why not? I don't know. You haven't seen her because you haven't believed in her. But there are millions of Catholics that see an apparition of Mary. Why? It's because they believe in her. You cannot see what you don't believe. And I said, you stand Sunday after Sunday on your pulpit and you speak against the Holy Spirit and you will never see Him. You will never know Him because God will not allow Him to be blasphemed. Naturally, we haven't met again since then. But I really don't care because the truth is This guy is the head of a church with thousands of people and he's not preaching the truth. You know the truth and the truth will set you free. There are so many people living a tragic life because they don't have a relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He is here to give you the ability to see. He's given you the ability to speak, to declare, to talk, communicate. I have a friend of mine that was um, being prejudiced at his work uh, because he was of a, a different color. And they overlooked him, they promoted everyone above him, and the people they had promoted above him were inefficient. So I came to him one day and he was saying to me, I'm really upset, he said, I'm, I just feel like I need a new job. I said, promotion comes from the Lord. I said, so this is what we're going to do. Whatever the blockage is in that company that's preventing you from being promoted, we're going to ask God to promote it, bless it, And send it away. (laughs) He said, well, I don't know what that means. I said, I don't know either, but that's what I felt to say. (laughs) Next week he gets to work, his boss got fired. And with him, the three guys underneath him as well. And guess what? In a space of seven days, this guy became the boss. And what happened? How did that happen? It didn't happen because he was crying and he was commiserating. God, I've been overlooked because of It came because the word of knowledge came, the word of the Lord came, and the word of the Lord was dispatched. And those people that stood in the way that blockaded the word of God were transmitted, sent away to another place. If you just understood the authority and the power that you had, I've had an opportunity to demonstrate this because when I was doing my immigration, I've gone through immigration. I didn't swim across the Rio Grande River. I actually came in legally. And I haven't taken anybody's jobs. How do you know that? So when I did my immigration, I got a notice one day from immigration office down there and they said, we want you to come in. We need to an interview you. know. I got this feeling and I wanted to look, Ugh, because I just felt there was something. I couldn't tell you what, but there was something in this word. I felt this letter. So I pray, and I'm in the spirit, I'm praying, Hallelujah, Jesus, you're going to give me some wonderful person who's going to just love me, and they're going to just stamp and let me go through whatever the problem is. I don't know what the problem is. And I'm all excited. Oh, hallelujah, send the word of the Lord, blessing and grace and honor. So I'm sitting down there in the immigration office, and this woman opens the door. Campbell. And I look back at her. Oh, Jesus, it's Satan. (laughs) I don't know if it was a woman or a man or what it was, but it was, it was. And my heart went. And I heard the enemy laughing at me saying, yeah, where's your faith now? And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. I'm in trouble. I could feel it. I was in trouble. And I sat down. She said, and She closed the door. She sat down and said, so tell me how you changed your status from this to this. I don't know my attorney did didn't, so I don't really know. And I said, God, I don't have an answer, but I, I need something from you. The Spirit of the Lord dropped something in my mind. And I said, to is your brother's name Raul? Yes. He is dying in a hospital in Chihuahua, Mexico with AIDS. And I grabbed her hand. I said, the same man who raped him raped you. And I bind and break the power of this thing of your life in Jesus' name. And I had a hand. I held her. And, man, she was going, woo, and she went down. And I held and I continued to prophesy and hold on to and prophesy to as she went down. And eventually, after all the snot and tears were there, she fell down the back of the and she said, <gasps> and she got up and she said, how did you know? I said, I couldn't explain to you how I was changed from business to ministry. I said, but I thought I'd demonstrate it to you. That's how I knew. Spirit of God told me. I mean, she, when she came up behind that desk, she was different. Her face had changed. You could see she was a woman. And she stand my form. And she said, would you have a cup of coffee with me? I don't drink coffee, but I'll drink a bottle of water. Yes, let's talk. And so we sat and talked. So what was, for me, a trepidatious situation could have meant I would be deported, turned by the word of knowledge into an opportunity to demonstrate the word. You have those opportunities every single day. You know, one of my churches that I go to is Starbucks. I have a great ministry in Starbucks at this moment. I think I'm the pastor of Starbucks. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. But I always seem to find myself ministering to people in Starbucks. It's like this is a line. People walk up to you and then, "Oh, hey." You just feel them walk up on you. And so this lady walked up on me one day and I thought, Oof. "Now, I'm not trying to be goofy, okay? Please listen to me. I can feel people's spirit." And then she walked up behind me. I knew who she was. I knew what she did, and I knew what she needed to do. And I thought to myself, God, how am I going to do So I turned around and said to her, oh, so you're in pediatric oncology, right? And she said, did you know me? I said, no. I said, um, "But can I say something to you? She said, yes. I said, the technology you have that God has given you will not be developed in this country. You need to go back to Israel. She flipped out. I mean, just like, <laughs> Stay She ran to her car and got her husband. Came inside. This guy's big. Also a doctor. I didn't know they were doctors. And gave him the word of the Lord with her. They had been deciding they have this new technology for pediatric cancer. And they're battling with the FDA to try and get it approved. And it won't be approved. But the Lord said, go back to it." And I didn't know they were from Israel. And her and her husband sat there and they could not believe that that they had such a clear, direct word. Asked me, who are you? And when I shared my story with them, I mean, they asked me to pray for them. They got their rabbi. The rabbi came, I prayed for him. He called me to the shul on Friday night and got me to prophesy over his congregation. How's that? (laughs) To demonstrate the works that's why we go through what we go through. So we can overcome and we can walk in with authority and power and demonstrate the works of the Lord. Do you mind if I talk to some people? Is that okay? Do you understand what I shared in this message? No? You need to have your eyes remade to see things differently. You know, when a pilot flies... When you do your license, you fly at about 5,000 feet. And you have certain navigation points. But when you're flying commercially, you fly at 35,000. You need to have a different vision because you're traveling at a different speed, a different rate of knots. Your ascent, your descent is different. Your thrust, your acceleration is everything different. So pilots who fly at a much higher altitude, are much more equipped to do that than pilots who fly down here at 5,000 feet. They've got a slow airplane. And they can see just... (laughs) And they probably don't fly on instruments. They fly by sight. These guys that fly up here, they fly by instruments. They fly through clouds. We are called to fly at this altitude. Yes. But at this altitude, you need eyes to see because you fly at a different rate. You fly at a different knots. You, know, you don't get affected by the things down here we're not affected by what goes on down here because we are passing through this nation we are passing through this world we are from another nation another place we are heading towards that place we are in the kingdom we need to start understanding that all the things we battle in the natural earth have no reflection on where we're going but we get so trapped by it because we can't see we're flying at low altitude it's time for you to come up to a high altitude to the altitude that you've been created to fly at, 60,000 feet, 50,000 feet. I had an option once to fly in um, one of the B-1 bombers. Oh, man, I tell you what, it was a trip. Uh, I tell you, those guys, they rack it. I mean, those guys fly at such a speed. And they fly with ground radar, where they fly through the, um, what's that big place called, where there's a big hole in the ground, they fly through that. Um, the Canyon, the Grand Canyon. they fly through the Grand Canyon with special radar that actually gets them to follow the ground at full rate of knots. It was such a trip. We in the kingdom, we are so equipped to fly in any territory, in any terrain. People say, "Well when I go to Africa, I feel the Spirit of God move. Well why does it move there? not here? Because you 're affected. But what goes on here, get yourself out of what goes on here. Get yourself into the kingdom. What goes on there is much more important than what goes And what goes on there affects everything down here. So my brother back there with the cute man bun, I used to have hair. I could have done that one day, but I don't have hair anymore. I want to just say something to you, man. Um, what's your name? Caleb. Caleb. The Spirit of the Lord has been on your life for a long time, been moving you and directing your path. And you've come in a place where almost in a way you've felt like you've reached the stagnation point of what you're doing and where you are. And, but I've, I feel that God is preparing you for what I call a heart extraction. You know what a heart extraction is? Is when you're so surrounded by things, you can't get out that The Holy Spirit is going to pull you out. He's getting ready to heart extract you out of the situation that you're in because He has something more for you to do. Now, I'm not saying you're leaving, you're going anywhere. I'm saying internally where you are right now. There's a promotion that's coming from the Lord. God's getting ready to break the mold. He's bring you into something new. There's an anointing of intercession. There's a prophetic grace upon your life. I want to encourage you to start getting into the Word, start studying the Word, start to get to know the sound of God's voice because you're going to need it for where you're going. The Lord is opening up some supernatural opportunities for you in the future. And the stagnation and the things you've been battling in the natural and the physical. Today they fall off in Jesus' name. So I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you. And I just tell you, because your name is Caleb, you have been called to the high ground. Okay, you are not been called to the valley. You've been called to the higher ground. So you need to develop the ability to walk on much higher ground than you are walking right now. So I just release the anointing on you, Caleb, in Jesus' name. Come on. It's hot in here all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you feel that heat come down on you, Whew, man. I wish I had a lot more time. I could do a lot more. Uh, my brother of you, what's your name? Neil. 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 Oh, that's a nice name. That's not. That's not American. No. Where are you from? I'm from America. but then, yeah. Uh, Neil's not an American name. That's an English name. So what do you do? Uh, well, kind of in a time of discovery right now, but ministry. Ministry. Okay. Yeah. And and is this your? Your wife, your name is? Lindsay, Lindsay, can you stand up for me? So, I just want to break the power of discouragement off you. And you know, when God closes a door, He closes it for a specific reason. And I feel God is extracting you out of a place because the bottom line is there was some things that were done to you. Injustices, and I break the power of injustice right now for both you in Jesus' name. There was words spoken against you, and I just break the power of those words right now. The enemy tried to use sabotage against you, so today I break it off you, and I release the anointing. Father, today on them I release the prophetic anointing. And Father, I thank you that they have found a place. And Lord, I, th- I just see them on a, on, a, on a kind of a trampoline, where they're jumping up and just wanting to see more, wanting to get higher, wanting to see more. Today, Father, I release the anointing on them. Both to come into this greater place in you. Not only did the Lord call you to minister in in the uh, the organization of the church environment, but in the marketplace too. There's a gifting and a grace on you, so don't despise the marketplace, but continue to work and walk in the marketplace because I'm going to open up doors of favor to you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to pour my spirit upon you. And God says, prepare yourself for increase in your household. I'm expanding your family base, says the Lord. I'm bringing promotion and income and resource to you, and I'm cutting off the power of rejection that has worked against you. i just release the anointing on them both right now in Jesus' name. Now, which one of you has the worship anointing on them? Is it you? Yeah, I guess. You don't guess. You know. You do, yes. Yes, you do. So why did you hang your harp up on the willow tree and walk away from it? Because you were rejected or because you were hurt or because you felt you weren't good enough? Yeah. Okay, but you are good enough. He's made you good enough. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, but you have a sound of prophetic noise inside of you. You have a sound inside of you. And I want to encourage you to step back in. Even though you do it privately in your own environment, start worshiping because what God's going to do is going to open up your innermost being and rivers of living water are going to flow out of you. There's a songwriting and creative prophetic anointing on you. And the enemy's done all he can to shut you down through the principles of rejection. So I just release the anointing on you both in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And you need to pray for him and lay hands on him and just anoint her in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just do it. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Whew. Man. It is hot in here. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I love this. You know, to me, this is the most wonderful thing. You can go to a doctor and get an injection, and it sort of works. But, man, this is like, this is like, it's like crack. <laughs> it is a spiritual crack, I'm telling you. It's like, whew. Now, my brother, what's your name? Sam. Sam. Are you husband and wife? I have to make sure. This could be your girlfriend. Don't I? Can I talk to you? Yes. Thank you. So what do you do? Uh, I work in IT technology. Yeah. We're a brainiac. <laughs> a brainiac grace on you, right? Yeah. That's good. You're not meant to leave there. You know that. you mean to stay there yeah. because that's your, that's your, that's your field. Right. That's your field of ministry. But here's what God wants to do. He wants to increase your intelligence and your knowledge and your ability, and he wants to give you a supernatural technology. Inside of you that's gonna set you free and give you wealth and give you provision because you have a heart of a giver and you've been asking God, Lord, I just want to come up with something. I want to do something like a like a like a like some sort of technology that will break me free from the restraints that I'm in. So I just release that on you now. In your hands right now, just release a technology and read your mind right now, just release a technology to him, Father, that will change the components of his of his realm, as well as change the hearts and minds and lives of people out there. So, Lord, I just release it. And I thank you, Lord, that you put with him an intercessor, someone that will pray for him and cover him in prayer, someone that carries a burden. Now, here's what I want to say to you. When you carry a burden, you don't carry it. You pray about it and you let him carry the burden. And the intercession that you do is for the burden, but you don't carry the burden because you carry burdens for people. And what happens, I want to encourage you to, To create some boundaries in your life with certain people that have access to you. And because you're gifted, they just come back and come back and come back and there's a big sucking sound. They just suck out of you and there's no change. And it's going to be a hard thing for you because you're so compassionate and merciful and graceful that you wouldn't want people to come in and enjoy what you have, but they don't because they don't change. They just come back and drink and drink and drink. And at the end of the day, you become depleted. But the Lord wants you to learn how to know when to stop and how to carry a burden. You carry a burden, you pray for people, but what you do is you give the burden to Him and you pray for people. Because this intercession, this thing that goes on between the two of you, you were divinely put together. I mean, you guys came from two different backgrounds and God put you together specifically for a thing. Because what's coming in the future is something phenomenal. Because I believe that you guys both have a spirit of philanthropy on you. And you're going to do some tremendous changes in the hearts and lives of children. There's real grace on your life for children, for children, ministry, for children, things like that in the future. And that's why I believe God's going to empower you with this resource. So you don't have to go to the world to ask. You have the resource within yourself to do what he's called you to do. So, Father, I just release that blessing and provision on them too. I pray for the expansion and their revelation and their knowledge and their wisdom of you. And, Lord, I pray that that hunger that's inside of her and inside of him will not be quenched. It will continue to grow to know you, Lord. Father, I just release the anointing on them in Jesus' name. Now, when you're prophesying, because the word is not just directional, but it's omniscient, okay, because the word of God is not just boink, it's all over, it affects everything. So I call it shirt tail prophecy. I'm putting my hand on my shirt because I don't want you to think I'm saying another word. (laughs) So when you hear something being spoken to someone else and it triggers in your spirit, grab it because it's revelatory, it's there for the moment in time for you to know. You know, when the anointing came on the tabernacle with Moses with the elders, there was an overflow. There were two men outside called Eldad and Mirdad. They went around prophesying outside the tabernacle. And Joshua came to Moses and said, oh, stop them. And Moses said, would it be that all God's children should prophesy? Yeah, right. So what I'm saying to you is you need to understand when there's an overflow of the prophetic word, which you don't normally see a lot in the church nowadays, you need to drink that stuff. Yeah. Grab that stuff. I just came back from a five-day conference that I did down in Orlando. And we had some of the most phenomenal speakers. Man, I tell you what, I, I drank. I drank. I got so drunk in drinking the word. I just lay there. I don't want to move. I don't want to get out of that thing. I want to stay there. I just wanted God to just drown me in it. Because I was picking up all kinds of things as these guys were speaking. And they were probably just teaching the normal word they teach. And I was just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm to" I can't get enough. I'm just drinking. And we, you know, worship went for three hours. We started nine in the morning and two in the morning, five days in a row. and came out of that. I wasn't tired. I was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, I was pumped. I was ready to go. And yeah. yeah. um, people on the plane, the guy sat next to me and actually from Australia got the word of the Lord, prophesied over him. Come on, mate. Yes, you'll be right, mate. You know, <laughs> talking to me like an Aussie. Oh, you're from so us, from Sydney? Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, she'll be right, mate. You know, and then I started to talk and give him the word of the Lord. Gusted there, shaking. We got off the plane, he pulled me aside, and said, So, so you've been you've been fair dinkum, mate. I said, Yeah, I'm fair dinkum, which means real. You've been real. I said, Yeah, I'm, I'm real. That's who I am. He said, You said some things in there, in the plane to me, he said, that shocked me. So I, I was thinking about it and I don't know what to do with it. I said, relax, be at peace, believe it, walk into it. And I found out why he was in America. He's here to help write some new methodologies for health care insurance. And I prophesied to him about the stuff that he does with numbers and figures and books and so on. And that's what he was, in actuary. I don't know. But that I didn't need to know. But what I did is I dropped a bomb on him. <laughs> I didn't know if he knew Jesus. I didn't ask. Why? Because it's okay. Because Holy Spirit knows. Sometimes people get saved because of the word. Yeah. Yeah. You know. People say, "Well, you, did you make sure he knows Jesus?" No. Why? I just didn't feel it was necessary. I felt that there's Bible says one sows, one waters, one reaps. I sowed. Now the next guy needs to come to water. And the next guy is the Holy Spirit, he'll come and reap. You know? What's your name? Charles. Charles. What do you do, Charles? Uh, there you oh, there you go. Can I pray for you? How do you feel about this Holy Spirit stuff? How do you feel about it? you feel okay? Bit, yeah. Okay. You've got to feel good about it, though. Hey? Oh, yeah. Oh <laughs> Because I'm watching you and know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I think God's busy doing something. Like I feel like God's shifting your foundation. I'm not talking about what you do. I'm talking about who you are. Mm -hmm. Shifting your foundation and actually breaking some what I call tectonic plates, things that are moving underneath the surface, releasing some freedom, releasing some revelation to you and some opportunities for you. What is your name?
1: Tatiana.
0: Tatiana. Oh, that's a lovely name. Are you Spanish? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, Father, I just the anointing them right now. I thank you, Father, that you prepare. And God said, this is not a mistake. I don't make mistakes. He said, I have a divine purpose for the two of you. I've brought you into my purpose. And the, the meeting was by chance, but God said, I opened the doors of, of your hearts for each other, and I'm doing something totally brand new with you both. And I'm moving, and I'm shifting some things, and I'm changing some foundational things. And God said, I'm opening up the joy, and I'm breaking off the cultural inhibitors that have inhibited you and stopped you from entering into the fullness of the things that I've called you to. And I just release the Holy Spirit and grace upon you right now in your preparation for what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you both. Father, I just thank you for peace and for joy and for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that come upon them, Lord, that you would break them out of a dry place and bring them into an expansive place with lots of provision, lots of water, lots of resource. And you open up a new doorway, a highway to heaven for them, Lord, that they would know you and hear you. And Father, I thank you. For my brother that today because he's a man, Father, that uh, is line upon line and precept upon precept, Father, that you're doing something new with him and you're making him spontaneous in some things too. I release that anointing on them both in Jesus' name. Amen. All right? So you notice in in times that sometimes I speak prophetically and sometimes I pray prophetically. And do you wonder why that is? No? You don't want to know why? (laughs) Sometimes when you... prophesying to people, you do it through declarative speech. Other times, you pray in preparation for them to receive what God's getting ready to do with them. So they are both prophetic. It's just two different unctions. One is a progressive speech, and the other one is a progressive prayer where you're preparing the pathway for them to enter in. Sometimes God doesn't reveal the path or what He's doing or where He's going. He just drops these concepts in. So when you pray, those things are already put in place in preparation. Because he says, my house shall be a house of prayer. So it's imperative that you stay within the boundaries of the house so that you can pray for people, not only prophesy, but also pray. So I do that because I said, God, you know, how how do you get people to believe? He said, well, you have to pray for them. So that's what it is. And I'm not saying you don't believe. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that's a preparative prayer where God is getting ready to move you into something new. But he hasn't revealed it to me. He's only revealed to me that he's moving some things, foundation is shifting some things to get you into a place that he's called you both to. It doesn't mean to say that there's something wrong with you. It just means to say that your season is changing, and where he's taking you is going to be a much different place to where you are now. So your expansion needs to come. Is that okay for me to share? It make more sense, right? Okay. I like to explain to people, not just prophesy, so people understand, because you don't want people walking away thinking. Well, was it God or wasn't that? You know, I do this in airplanes, trains. I do it everywhere I go. Sometimes I say, "Thus say the Lord." Sometimes I just talk. I consult in the marketplace with executives and businessmen, and I talk to them. And it's not "Thus say the Lord." I just talk to them, and transformation comes. We don't need to be religious people. The power is not in shaking. (laughs) The power is in the word. The word is a seed. And we know that, right? So I just want to encourage you guys all to press in. Because listen to this. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. How many of you have a testimony of Jesus? None? None? You guys are not responsible. Do you need a packet of sugar? Give it a little kick. Yeah. If you have the testimony of Jesus, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, you have this prophetic unction in you. All you need to do is have ears to hear and eyes to see. I have this prophet friend, he's English. His name is Roger. And he talks like this, lad. Hey lad. That's not the voice of the Lord, lad. So I go to this church and he says, he calls me, he says, so has the church, lad. I said, Yeah, Roger, I don't know. He says, I'm telling you, son, it's not the voice of the Lord in that place. And when I get into the church, no sound of the Lord whatsoever. That's tragic. What are people listening to if it's not the voice of the Lord? Yes. You know, I, I want to just encourage you, you'll know the sound of His voice. My sheep hear my voice, yes. and they follow me. The devil's not going to come to say, Hey, you need to do something for God, okay? <laughs> no, the lady at the back with the arms folded, yeah, what's your name? Okay, the Holy Spirit just told me now that He's doing something in your heart. There's been a break-in of some inflammation and some some, uh, physical things going on in your physical body. And God's getting ready to do a healing on you. It's getting ready to break that thing. There's been a circulatory problem. There's been also another problem within your liver. And I just declare today in healing in Jesus' name, right now, that God is breaking. that. It's a generational thing. I just break it on you now in Jesus' name. And you've been battling and you've been feeling just out of sorts and you've been losing energy. But I declare to your thyroid today to be healed. In Jesus' name, I declare right now to your liver to come into homeostasis. I declare right now that as your blood throws through your veins, I would say that your blood today would be filled with the love of God that every cell of your body today would be in transformation. And these things that have been hindering you and been battling within your body today are broken in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you, the devil's been threatening you with death. He's been around. Put this thought in your head that you're going to die young. I'll break the power of that word right now yes. of your life. And even the fact that you've believed it, i break the power of that thing. So I want to encourage you not to prepare for death, but prepare for life. Get yes. yourself ready to live in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you Jesus. Uh, my brother there, uh, Tim Tebow, replica. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, while you were up there worshiping, I just saw the presence of the Lord on you. And I, I know God's calling you deeper. And the the hardship when God calls you deeper, there's normally a price to pay. And a lot of people are afraid to pay the price because they're afraid to give up something because they don't know what they're going to go into. But I want to encourage you today that God is calling you to release some things and to go deeper because there's going to be a creative music, writing gift come upon you. And not just in the area of Christian music, but I believe there's going to come something in the area of um, music for the world. It's going to have the sound of His voice in that music. Mm. So I want to encourage you to write, to press in, to pray, to fast, to dream, to start dreaming. Because dreams build reality. Start dreaming in that. gives you a vision, a place to see. I want to encourage you today. God is calling you much higher than where you are right now. And you feel like you've stagnated, but it's okay because the bottom line is the only way for you to get away from the old is to get disgruntled with it and to walk away. And God's getting ready to do this phenomenal thing inside of your heart to change some of the things that you've heard, some of the things you feel. I feel there's been some hooks holding you back. Today I'll break them out of you. They'll release the anointing on you. you. And you're going to become God's psalmist. Okay, like David, you're going to start prophesying on the strings on the instruments, and God's going to give you a multiplicity of different instruments that you'll be really good with and play with. And you'll write scores and music and different kinds of things, and doors are going to open up for you, and eventually there'll come the call for you to go to places and to do and demonstrate the grace and the gift God's putting in your life. But this is a season of preparation. This is like the greenhouse of the Spirit of God, where God is growing this thing inside of you, this, this anointing of David, the psalmist anointing. So I just want to encourage you today is walk away from the stagnation. Press into the thing that's living. God is bringing life to you, and life more abundantly. And now it's only in really in seed form, but wait until the ground starts shaking and everything pops through. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you right now. It's, it's not going to just be a record or a CD or a DVD. It's going to be something phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So i just release it to you today in yeah. Jesus' name. Okay. Amen. Amen. And I know we have the time constraint. But I just wanted to do, I know that I can't give everybody a prophetic word here because we just don't have time, but what I wanted to do is those of you that are feeling like you're in a, an end of a season, a door closing, and you feel like you need you need to go to the next level, but there's not the bridge being built for you to get there. I just want you to stand. And there's no condemnation. that's fine. it's OK. You know this is not about what people think or feel. This is about where you are and what you need. I'm sure there's more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. And I thank you, Lord, today that wherever your saints find themselves, where they are in this place today, and they need a transformation, they need a breakthrough, they need something they can see which would take them to the next level, that you would open their eyes, you'd remake their retinas, you'd create within their spirit uh, your DNA that would be just phenomenally, phenomenally transforming, that you would change their hearts, their minds, and, Father, that you would give them what I call hind's feet, that they would be able to step upon the high places to go to this next level, Father, that you've called them to. And whatever stands before them, I command it to bow its knee in Jesus' name. Whatever's trying to prevent them, whether it's a concept, a thought, idea, even a philosophy, a teaching, maybe even some concept of belief, I command those things to bow their knee in Jesus' name. And, Father, that the Spirit of truth would come upon them, that they would know you, they would hear you, they would understand you, they would purposely walk toward you to get to this new place in you, Father. And I ask you today that you would transform them, that you would prepare their mind, their soul, and their body to enter in, that you, Father, restore and heal their conscience. If there's any torment, I break the power of that right now in Jesus' name. I release the healing and anointing, Father, on every single one that stands here today, and even those that are not prepared to stand. I pray today, Father, that your spirit will come upon them, and that you'll transform them, that you'll prepare them, Father, that you'll get them ready to do the works to demonstrate the Father to the world, Father, that needs a touch from you. I ask you today in Jesus' name to pour out your spirit upon all flesh. And let rivers of living water flow from the innermost being. Let them become let them become your ambassadors. Let the visions that they have be kingdom oriented. Let the dreams they have be visualized and be real. And I pray this in Jesus' name, as the Holy Spirit comes now, Father, I thank you that you impart your grace to them in Jesus' name. Amen and